0: Welcome to Teaching Artist Podcast, a show dedicated to discussions of teaching art to kids, making art, and how those things overlap and feed each other. I'm Rebecca Potzaghiere, your host, an artist and educator. so much for listening. I'm releasing this episode midweek because, well, the weekend kind of got away from me. I intended to share this on Sunday, but Father's Day and a kid with a cold had other plans. This is a great conversation with Emily McMullen, an artist and special education teacher with really good tips to share. Before we dive into the conversation, I have a few exciting announcements to share. This Saturday, June 25th, the amazing Ojoa Burrows is facilitating a workshop through the Teaching Artists Lounge on publishing a children's book. I'll put the registration link in the show notes, or you can go to teachingartistslounge.eventbrite.com. If you've ever dreamed of writing or illustrating a children's book, this workshop is for you. Artist, educator, and children's book author-illustrator, Ajawa Burrows, will share her journey as an author-illustrator and give tips on how you can get started. She will offer insight into working with publishers, getting your foot in the door, and taking a book from idea to proposal to published. Time for Q&A will be included. Ajoa Burroughs has worn many hats as a creative professional, from visual artist, graphic designer, and art educator to award-winning children's book author and illustrator of over 17 published picture books. You can hear more of her journey on episode 18 of the show. The workshop is open to teaching artists around the world Fees are sliding scale $8 to $22. There are limited spots available, so register now. We keep these fees low to make sure workshops are accessible to all. The fees pay the facilitator, support our work, and allow us to continue hosting these monthly meetings. This meeting is part of our ongoing monthly meetups for teaching artists hosted by me, Rebecca Potseguire, and Victoria J. Fry of Visionary Art Collective. We really hope to see you there. Have you ever wanted to be on this show? I would love to hear from you. Help celebrate 100 episodes. I can't believe it's coming up so soon. Help us celebrate by being part of the 100th episode. You can record a message on any device and send it in. Share your summer plans and or advice for fellow educators in the fall. I'd also love to hear about you and help you connect with the community by sharing where you are and your social media info. But all that stuff is totally optional. Share as much or as little as you like. Keep it under five minutes or as close as possible and submit through the form at bit.ly slash T-A-P-100-E-P, so tap 100 ep, (laughs) by July 31st to be a part of our 100th episode. I'll also drop that link in the show notes. I can't wait to hear from you. (sighs) Have you heard about the Adding Voices Conference? The 2022 Adding Voices Conference will be in person in Philadelphia and online. There's even a hybrid option. I am in awe of all the work and thought that has gone into making this conference. Everything Adding Voices does is with intention and commitment to equity, social justice, and inclusion in teaching, learning, and building community for art educators who are black, brown, or part of the global majority. They are shifting the way conferences are run by offering truly affordable registration fees. Registration is free for students from any school, college, or university. It's only $10 for art educators of the global majority, and only $25 for general admission. I don't know about you, but the $100 up to $400 fees for most conferences have been a huge part of why I rarely attend talk about equity-minded. That totally doable fee, seriously 25 bucks, gets you access to sessions from Amber Coleman, Dr. Gloria Wilson, DeCarlo Logan, Dr. Minuet Floyd, and so many others, plus a keynote by Jen White Johnson. The purpose of the conference is to provide a safe space for leadership and professional development for art educators. Adding Voices aims to equip art educators at every level, from pre-service teachers to higher ed, administrators to board members, with knowledge and skills in liberatory practices centering anti-bias and anti-racist frameworks in art education. While affinity spaces within larger art education conferences exist, Adding Voices is the only national event that explicitly centers the experiences and expertise of art educators who identify as Black, Brown, Indigenous, or part of the global majority, while prioritizing the need for anti-racist and culturally responsive practices at every level of education. Register today at addingvoices.com slash 2022 conference. Emily McMullen talked about her path as an artist from a young age, but also discovering her love for teaching and working especially in special education. She shared how all consuming those first years of teaching were and how art had to take a back seat. I so related to that feeling of needing to rediscover the artist's self, especially after becoming a mother. Emily also shared some great advice as a veteran special education teacher in not only encouraging students, but also encouraging yourself. Emily has been a special education teacher for 19 years. She currently teaches reading, language arts, and works with many students who have dyslexia and other learning disabilities at the middle school level. She has a degree in special education, a master's degree in educational philosophy with a minor in visual art, and is Orton Gillingham certified. She attended a high school for the arts in San Diego and has always used painting and creating as a means to self express, navigate the unknowns, and connect with students. She has taught in Maryland, Colorado, and the past 12 years in Southern California. Emily's art practice serves as the fuel which allows her to continually show up each day for her students and her family. Emily has a partner and two daughters, five and nine, who also love art. Let's hear from Emily. I am talking with Emily McMullen today. And hi, Emily. Hi, Rebecca. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better and learn about your work, your teaching, where they intersect or overlap, where they maybe don't. Mm-hmm. But i like to start with your story, your journey. How did you get into both things, teaching and art making?
1: Okay, sure. Well, thank you for inviting me on the podcast. It's super exciting. So I was always a artistic and creative kid growing up and my mom put me in an art magnet school when I was in fourth grade and so I think great. she saw that that's kind of you know where my strengths were and she wanted to foster that and so I'm so thankful she did that because it just kind of gave me this place to myself a little bit more and grow and take a lot of art classes. So I I went to the magnet school from fourth grade to 12th grade. So all the way through. And so I got to take painting and drawing and I did some dance and a bunch of other things. But it was just it was a really great place for me to go through middle school and high school and have those those outlets and just really get in touch with the art side of myself. And it just really affirmed that I loved art. And then yeah, the, that's amazing. the last, yes, I'm, and I'm just so thankful that she put me on that bus and said, yes, I'm going to sign my daughter up for this <laughs> school. Yeah. It's just, I'm so I'll be forever grateful for that. And then the last two years of high school, I had an extra elective class and I ended up being a peer counselor in the the profoundly handicapped classroom so it's like you know you go in there and you help and you interact with the kids and you help them with their work and take them to their mainstream classes and I just fell in love with it my junior year and I loved it so much that I, I remember I had to take like astronomy or something at the community college so I would have that extra class again in 12th grade <laughs> and so I did it two years in a row and I'm just like this is my This is my jam. This is where my heart is. And so I just felt Mm. super, super compelled to go into the field of special education. So when it was time to do the college thing, part of me was like, oh, I want to go to an art school. And then part of me is like, oh, I want to do the special ed thing. And so I really tried hard to find a college that had both, that I could do both. So I ended up going to school on the East Coast and I majored in special education. So it's a little bit different than, you know, now I'm in California and you're, and you're in California too, right? You're, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm in yes.
1: LA. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm in San Diego. So I, I grew up in San Diego, mm-hmm. but then I went to college in Maryland. And so the the teaching mm-hmm. programs are a little bit different there. So they kind of at least back in the day, like you could major in education undergrad and just kind of start right away. And so I by the time I graduated mm-hmm. college, I had a teaching credential and I was ready to go in the classroom and you know just start working. I wanted to double major in special education and art and visual arts, but the, the, (laughs) the education program was so rigid with like the student teaching and the requirements and the, you know, you got to be here and there and everywhere that it it wouldn't allow me to take all the art classes. So I had to settle Mm -hmm. for a minor, which was a bummer because I really wanted that major, but you know, that's okay. So I still did a lot of art in college, but it wasn't to the extent that I really wanted to. And then I, f- I also kind of felt like my high school art classes were more in-depth and just like a little bit more interactive and exploratory than the college mm-hmm. classes. So I felt like they were more, oh, of, yeah. the college classes were more like basic. Like now mm-hmm. we're going to do charcoal and, you know, look at the the sphere and I remember being like, oh man, like, <laughs> I've done this. I already did it. yeah, so it was fine. It was fine. We did some cool things and I did, I did a couple cool paintings, but like, I remember there was like an advanced painting class that I really wanted to take and I couldn't take it because of the education. Mm-hmm. So anyways, long story short, I graduated with a, a degree in special education and then a, a minor in art. And so <laughs> Back in uh, Maryland, I just, you know, applied, this was in 2003, I applied for special education teaching positions, and apparently there were many, so So I got a job, and I, I ended up staying there for five years, and I got my master's in the evening, and you know, as most teachers know, it just kind of consumes your whole life. So you know, first yeah. year teacher, second year teacher, third year teacher, it's all it's all you do is teach. So you you know you mm-hmm. you live teaching. It's every weekend you're working on stuff. Every evening you're working on stuff. The, those first mm-hmm. years are so hard. So I really felt like everything went towards the the teaching job, and my art really really faded to the background, and then it was kind of like gone. So yeah, but it was also like I was so into the teaching that it was okay, or that I couldn't even think about it. So it was just sort of, it it wasn't like I was really missing it. It was just like, I couldn't Mm. access that part of myself at that time. And that was okay. So I didn't do art. I stopped doing art for, for years. I would say at least a good six years. I didn't do any art, (laughs) zero. And then I ended up, let's see, I I met my husband, I got married, I got my master's, all in education, nothing to do with art. And then after five years in Maryland and teaching, my husband got the opportunity to go to a program in Colorado for physical therapy. He's a physical therapist, mm-hmm. and I so I said, yeah, let's go. And I was ready to go, and I did my master's and stuff. And so we went to Colorado, and I taught general education, kindergarten, and first grade combo class. So. <laughs> <Well won. laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was, it was, it was adorable. They were so cute, but the school, it was, I ended up working in, it was a very small town and I worked at a private school, which was very different. So in Baltimore, I was in a big public school It was predominantly African-American. It was a Title I school. We had a lot of excellent resources, a lot of programs. And then it was like I went to the opposite side of the universe. I went to a small, (laughs) like, white, (laughs) little snowy town in Colorado where everyone Mm -hmm. skied and like, there was very little diversity. The socioeconomics were completely opposite. It was a private school, which mm. I had never experienced. I went to a public school, so I had never experienced private school. It was just very different. Mm-hmm. But they did have a lot of good art stuff. So that was good. And then in the town there, I ended up taking a couple classes. They had a little like local art guild kind of community center. Mm-hmm. And so I took a an oil class there. It was like beginning oils and I, mm. and then, and so that was just like, so good for me. So I felt like I was tapping back into the art and I realized, oh my God, like I, I forgot about this part of myself. It was like, remembering, like I had a limb. I was like, oh my gosh, like no. my arm, my arm works. And I, I loved it. And then. Mm. It's just kind of like very, very gradually built up from there. So that was around like mm-hmm. 2008, 9, 10-ish. I started taking those classes. Right. And then there, during the summer, there was a little community center program for children. And so I ended up working there in the summer and just kind of getting back into the, the materials and, you know, slowly with kids and... It was good. It was it was good to get back into it. And then um, we moved again. So then we moved to, <laughs> so we were there for two years. And then we moved back to San Diego, back to my hometown. And we had to live with my parents to kind of like regroup. And so then there was no art again, because then there was no space. Then they started over again. Yeah. My job, I started all over again, back in the public schools. Mm. And it was very overwhelming. Back in special education, whole new state. California is so, I don't know if rigorous is the right word, but just there's so many, there's so much red tape to being a teacher in yeah. California. <laughs> so I had a Maryland credential, I had a master's degree, I had a Colorado credential, and then in California, mm-hmm. and and I had like five, six, seven years of teaching, full-time teaching under my belt, and they're like, yeah, right. here's, your, here's your preliminary <laughs> credential, like you need to go back to school for... 25 units or whatever mm. and I was like oh lord so I, <laughs> I was like <laughs> I was like back in my kid bedroom and like my husband and my parents and mm. like I'm going to school again and I was like what is that what's happening so we I mean we we did it but it was tough and so it was two years we stayed with them until we could finally like get out on our own and like get into you know adult life again and California Mm -hmm. so there was no art happening like no intentional art happening then and then Mm -hmm. it really wasn't until my first daughter was around two years old so Mm -hmm. now this is so she was born in 2013 so around 2015 is when I really started to get back into the art and it was really just Mm -hmm. I think my soul was just like it's time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you, like, like, I need it. <laughs> you Yes. And like, I think like the, the special education, the education, the teaching is there's so much, you know, we talk about as moms, as teachers, like the invisible work part, there's so much
0: mm-hmm. giving,
1: giving, giving. And then to top that off with like having a child and now you're giving, giving, giving and just so much like selflessness. I was like. Ah, like I'm I'm a person like I need to, I need to be seen and I need to like do something and I think that's it was just I just like couldn't hold it in anymore I didn't even realize I was holding it in and I had I had a really tough time going back to work after my first daughter was born it was a fast like okay nine weeks off back to school I mean there was a the summer, but. Um, It it was just, it was so hard. It was so hard. And like Mm -hmm. the pumping, the, the, the breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. like the mastitis, the, we we had, we had, I had a commute. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God. And the, the screaming baby in the car for 45 minutes in Mm -hmm. Southern California traffic. Like I was like, I'm I'm losing my mind. And so we, we, it was, there was a lot of like life changes that had to happen during that phase. And so I Mm -hmm. ended up, you know we we bought our home and but then I was still commuting way back to where I was living when I was with my parents and so I ended up resigning from one district and moving to another district which was again starting over but like I was much closer to home and much happier and I'm still at that job and it's eight years now I'm at this job again still special ed middle school mostly sixth grade I know
0: and they're, everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, that's middle like school. But sweet I sweet spot really love for it. middle school, though. Yeah. Sixth <laughs> yes, sixth graders. <laughs> yes,
1: it's sixth grade. Sixth grade is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love sixth grade. It's my favorite. So I'm super mm-hmm. happy at my job right now. You know, all things considered, pandemic life and education in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. from yeah. right now, know, mm-hmm. all of my different jobs and experiences, I'm happy where I am right now. I did do a lot of therapy going back from doing the whole like transition back to work thing and like just realizing I had to make some life changes moving schools Mm -hmm. I started medication which helped a lot too so I was like really focusing on the mental health piece and so I think along with that came the art making and so by the time my second daughter was born so I have two girls now they're currently eight and five By the time my second daughter was like, maybe like around nine months, because I was already back at work again. Now I'm like pumping for the second time for my second daughter during my prep Uh period in the office, you know, under the (laughs) hooter hider, the whole thing. I would look at my phone. I know. I I was like looking at my (laughs) phone and I started, that's when I started my Instagram account because- I just needed to check out of teaching like I couldn't look Mm -hmm. at an IEP or I couldn't like actually like couldn't move because I was plugged into the wall but (laughs) 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 I'm like I'm not gonna pretend to like type on the computer while I'm you know doing all of this stuff so I just looked at my phone (laughs) and just was very soothing for me to like look at artwork and look at other people's artwork on Instagram and then I would go home and take pictures of like old art, the art from that I made in Colorado art that I made in Mm -hmm. high school, (laughs) like old Emily art. And just, I, I slowly started posting it and then Mm -hmm. it really helped me get motivated to make more and things just Mm kind of picked up from there. And so now I'm, I'm doing a lot of artwork now, but I'm also, you know, 19 years into the teaching career and so I feel mm-hmm. like I have a good handle on compartmentalizing and prioritizing and keeping work at work, which mm-hmm. kind of takes 19 years to get down.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you were talking about those first couple of years of teaching, ooh, ooh, even, yeah, it's just so much, it's like you said, all consuming. And Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people probably can relate to that, that feeling of just like, this is, I am 100% teacher right now. And yeah, that's okay. Like that this is it. Life will ebb and flow. And you know, then you you have the phase where you're 100% mom mom for a little while. Absolutely. Yep. Or you're, yeah, you're juggling the mom teacher and art just kind of falls away for a little while mm-hmm. but getting that back and that that drive to get it back I think is also I mean I totally relate to that and mm-hmm. almost the same timeline too like I had mm. about about two years after I had my daughter I was like I have to like where is art I, <laughs> I need it back. where is art
1: yes <laughs> yeah. where
0: are you <laughs> come back <laughs> I know I know because it's like where oh, yeah. am I you know like it's part of you it's you yeah you lose yourself a bit without it
1: absolutely and I think the the whole visual art piece is so literally like here I am like look (laughs) at me like (laughs) this is me this is a visual (laughs) of my soul because no one else can see anything that I'm doing right now so here's a picture (laughs) at least that's how I felt I'm like look at I did this
0: and talking (laughs) about you know you you brought up like the invisible labor that goes into teaching Mm -hmm. and mothering Mm -hmm. and yeah that that's
1: absolutely and especially
0: the way you you talked about getting back to it almost like through Instagram through sharing and like Mm -hmm. looking at what other people were doing but also through saying that like here I am and this is yeah I'm a person and this is what yeah, I do
1: absolutely yeah and I'm not yeah. just a teacher and a mom and that's fine right. you know if those are the two roles that you want but I'm like I'm also this other thing
0: and like mm-hmm. I really
1: wa- I felt like I wanted to share that and also have that as part of my identity
0: yeah well I- I feel like there are so many questions I have right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, maybe for especially before we get more into artwork and art making and, you know, I have questions about finding that balance. But I would Mm -hmm. love to hear any sort of advice you'd have as, you know, a 19-year veteran in special ed, if you have (laughs) any advice for (laughs) For educators around differentiating working with students with all different Mm -hmm. like abilities and different needs Mm -hmm. I know that's a pretty broad topic yeah (laughs) focusing I guess in you know within the arts and I know you're not an art teacher but you have that experience so if you would have advice you think would be helpful for people who are in the art classroom and maybe don't have that experience so first and foremost, I would say keep showing up because that's mm. really the
1: hardest part. I think it's just if you show up and you make it through that door, you know, that bell rings and you're standing there, you, you know, you visually give yourself a gold medal. <laughs> you did it. Lots of positive self-talk, like talk to yourself mm-hmm. like you would talk to your students in your mind. Mm. You know, great job. You made it through second period you didn't lose your, (laughs) you didn't lose, (laughs) you didn't lose it. You're still there. So Mm -hmm. keep showing up, be kind to yourself, be positive with yourself. And I think through my years, I think it's important to understand that if you're super frustrated in one position, it doesn't mean that you need to give up teaching as a whole career it means you might need to make some changes mm-hmm. so even if you know it's like a district change or a school site change or a position change like there's there's lots of different mm-hmm. places you can try you know before you throw in that towel so don't don't mm-hmm. you know give it up unless you're definite like this is I'm done with this chapter or something so like keep keep trying to make it work I think if you've invested mm-hmm. a lot of time and energy and you know your of yourself into teaching, it's a really easy it's a really easy job to give up on because it's hard. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Especially these
0: past yeah, and few es- years. Especially yeah, especially right now. Yeah, especially. Yeah. Right and now. how how was how has that been for you? How has you know teaching through a pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> It was,
1: it's, it's, you know, the first, the first, those first 12 weeks when school shut down in 2020, I was like crying every day. So it was so hard. And the, and then I have two kids at home. So I'm like, how, like, what is happening? How am I supposed to do any of this? So I was... (laughs) Right? Like, this is not humanly possible <laughs> it was it was really really bad those those 12 weeks I mean it was just like you know my kids were in the screen and my you know I they were little like two years ago pretty much and so preschool and first grade you know my daughter yeah. couldn't like log on <laughs> She's like, she's got her first Chromebook I'm like, I'm like, I don't She's like, what do I press? Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to teach like 18 kids right now, so <laughs> I mean, it was just it was a shit show, but it was you know, it is what it, it is it was what it was, so, and then we had summer to kind of regroup and think about it and then we found out we were going back virtual in the fall, so I'm like, okay so I'm like, I need to get my kids squared away because this, the, those 12 weeks cannot happen again Okay. I told my husband, I was like, we need to find a solution <laughs> to our children's schooling situation, or we can right. invest in my inpatient treatment because <laughs> they're, they, it's one it's or the other. not working. La- la- yeah, like you choose. <laughs> so my youngest daughter's preschool ended up being open. They opened back up with all of their protocols and everything. So I'm like, okay, great. So she had a place to go. And then... My older daughter, you know, at that time was in public school, so she was virtual. And I was just kind of like calling her friends, moms, and trying to figure out like what they were doing and seeing if I could streamline with someone or figure something out. So Mm -hmm. we eventually, I found her old preschool that she went to was kind of hosting like a little like, you know, quote, alumni (laughs) virtual pod. So Mm -hmm. I ended up, I would drive her every morning, you know, for, it was like a 20 minute drive one way to drop her off at this, at her old preschool where she went from like six months, (laughs) four and a half or five. Mm -hmm. And she would take her little Chromebook and she'd be there with like four or five other kids and they would do their virtual learning. And they had one of the preschool teachers was like, they're like supervising them. So she had a place to go and Mm. it didn't involve me. And then I could come home. So I would drop her off and then drive back home and then log on and do my virtual teaching job and then go and pick her up. So that's how we survived. It was, you know, almost the whole second grade year. So I think we went back in the spring and then we went back like cohort. They went back like two days a week and it was So it was like every phase was just figuring it out and, okay, now we're going to do this and now we're going to do this. And so now currently kids are back full time. I'm teaching full time in the classroom. We still wear masks. You know, when we first went back last year, we had the big plastic carousels, like the little cages. And so (laughs) (laughs) all of those are gone. Thank goodness. So now the only thing left is really the masks. Mm. And they don't have to wear them outside. So it's it's much better now. And so I look forward to when you know we can we can teach without the masks again. But we have full classes. We have, you know, we're doing all the normal things more or less just with yeah the masks at this point.
0: Uh, yeah, and going through the multiple different like schedule changes and location, yeah. all of that. As both a parent and a teacher, definitely yeah. relate to that. Too. So, yeah.
1: Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, and like everyone's in it together, and like kind of suffering, mm-hmm. and it was—it's just—it was painful, and it, mm-hmm. I mean, it still is a little bit. But it's—it was hard. It's like nothing I've ever experienced. I'm like, wow, my first year teaching was really brutal, and now here it is again. It was like the same feel. Mm-hmm just like oh god
0: (laughs) yeah the huge the learning curve again with like Mm -hmm. how do I do this online (laughs) absolutely and especially I mean I feel like especially for the arts but also especially for special ed and you Mm -hmm. know students that maybe they have like visual or auditory processing issues and learning virtually just isn't working for them like how are you (laughs) <laughs> yeah. How are it you didn't handling work for all of
1: that? Rest? It was so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so hard. So hard on the parents, so hard on the students, so hard on the teachers, just hard mm. all the way around.
0: Hi, folks. Thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm jumping in to share one of the tools that I love. If you're thinking about starting your own podcast or video series, Zencaster is super helpful. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcast production suite that gives you studio quality audio and video without needing all the technical know-how. It records each guest locally and then uploads crystal clear audio and video right into the suite so you have high quality raw materials to work with. You can try it out for free at zen.ai slash teachingartistpod, and if you do decide to sign up for a pro account, you get 30% off with this link, and you'll be helping support this show. I love Zencaster because it records two separate tracks to make editing easier, and all I have to do is send a link to the guest. It can also handle multiple guests, and there are options for audio only, recording audio while viewing video, or recording both audio and video. I usually opt for just audio so I can record in my PJs. <laughs> now the secret's out. The link to get 30% off Pro and throw some support our way is zen.ai slash I'll throw that link in the show notes as well, so you can try Zencaster.
1: To go back to your asking about art a little bit in the mm-hmm. the teaching. So, I'm not an art teacher, and basically, at this point in my career, I'm a trained Orton-Gillingham teacher. So, I teach reading. Specifically for students with reading disabilities, like dyslexia and different phonetic and phonological processing issues. That's kind of like where my focus is at this point in time. So I think as artists, even when we're not in an art role, the art comes out like it kind of infuses everything you do. And so I think once I kind of tapped back into my art a little bit, it just started spilling out everywhere else so teaching you know if the, the classes is, is rowdy or we need a break or we're stressed out or you know they did a bunch of like encoding activities in a row we'll stop we'll do a quick directed draw so like i'll throw a paper yeah. under the dot cam you know and everyone just kind of like quiets down and follows along yeah. And, you know, I'm in, I'm doing sixth grade now, so they're really into anime and they like, you know, (laughs) like, any (laughs) kind of art. And so like, I'll find just like a picture on my phone and then I'll look at it and like, just do a little quick thing and they won't know what it's going to be. And then they're, you know, excited to have this little thing. So I do stuff like that all the time. Just like, Mm -hmm. or if I can see that they're getting agitated, just like in the margin, like, okay, I'm like, we're doing this over here, we're writing some words, and then right over here, we're making this little thing. So I think Mm. just accessing that is super helpful. And then I think the arts, you know, we've, and on your podcast, you've talked about this so often, too. It's just like, it is the universal language. So there's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it breaches the divides of you know, ethnicities and races. And I mean, it really is the common thing. And it's that also goes for, you know, the spectrum of abilities. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a student can't relate through their writing, but they can convey through pictures or through art or, you know, like the gift of art or the appreciation of art. So it's it's everywhere and I think that some of the best connections I've made with students even in a reading class or a language arts class is through art because mm-hmm. they'll you know they'll, they'll do a little doodle and I'll talk to them about it and then we have this bond and then they're more willing to work for me and then you know it just kind of goes from there and then I'll hey I'm like hey you want to see some of my artwork and then we have this thing and it's just it's a great
0: connector mm. with students yeah that's beautiful uh and it made me think of just part of having like zoom kindergarten for my kid was mm. getting to mm-hmm. see how do you learn like how do you teach reading to a kindergartner mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. much of it was drawing mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was really kind of fascinating for me to see it's like well if you don't have the words yet like draw it make the pictures yeah,
1: absolutely yeah Yes. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And I love that way of the way that you're connecting with students and sharing your own work with them as well, mm. which also makes me think just in terms of like fitting it all in, do you like when <laughs> I was in the classroom, I was kind of taking maybe prep time or moments in, in the day where I would like sketch a little bit or write down ideas or, just kind of squeeze Mm -hmm. in the art practice amongst the teaching. Do you feel like you get to do that or does that make sense in your practice? Or if not, how are you kind of fitting it all in?
1: For me, it's very, it's very compartmentalized. So like when I'm at school, Mm. it's like school mode. And like, I, I was sharing this with someone else before, but like I visually shift gears. I literally Mm. picture like a gear shift and I shift it. So I'm like, I'm a teacher now. And so it's like teacher mode. And like, I just (laughs) teacher, teacher, teacher. And then, you know, I get that carpool. I'm now I'm mom mode and it's just like mom Mm -hmm. time. And then if it's, you know, if it's at night or my kids are asleep or I wake up early in the morning or it's a, you know, a couple hours on the weekend or whenever I can fit that in or, you know, something happens and they have a play date and I'm home alone. Oh my God. I shift into art. Like any chance I get. But for me, it's just very compartmentalized. or Otherwise, it's just like, I can't, I can't stay on the course, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If that makes sense. No, I
0: think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so interesting to hear how, like, the variety mm-hmm. of ways that we make mm-hmm. this work and juggle all these things.
1: I know. Mm. And <laughs> if I have, like, some idea or something that I'm like, ooh, that might be good for art, I have a little notes thing in my phone. And I'll just like add Mm -hmm. it. It's like just like a brainstorming thing. I'll just put it in there. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's gone. So I just have
0: to like, (laughs) yeah, I do the same. (laughs) Yes. Write it down while it's there or it will disappear and never come back. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Put that in your phone. Mm. (laughs) Yep. And then with your artwork, I know, you know, it's been like this sort of slow ramping up, bringing it back. Mm -hmm. Have you been working on? showing and selling your work how do you find those kind of opportunities
1: yeah so the let's see it's super slow but Mm -hmm. I started I there was like a very there's a very inclusive gallery like community art space down south San Diego and they had like an open call for art which was very very much like anyone can come like everyone's welcome. Like everyone, put up your picture, and I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I went and I put <laughs> got a picture. <laughs> put up my picture. <laughs> I know, I put up my picture, and <laughs> I just took that opportunity to like be like, what is this place, and who are these people? Mm-hmm. And you know, I went around to every single piece of art, and it was, I mean, it was so cute. You like put your Instagram or your name on like a sticky note and stick it on the. Bulletin board kind of art show, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I went through, and I'm like, oh my gosh! So I was trying to like meet everyone, and just it was my really it was my first real like art event to like interact Mm -hmm. with people and other artists. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like I felt like I was in high school again, and it felt so good. And so from there, I met a lot of people, I met some contacts, I got some Instagram friends that are like, you know, people I met in real life. And I learned about a printing company down in San Diego. And so then I I learned that they also do, you know, websites for artists. So Spirit Printing Company, beautiful people, amazing outlet for fine artists, that's what they do. And so I, I got a bunch of my artwork scanned and then I made prints and then I slowly built my website with them and so like now I have a functioning website which is amazing I know (laughs) like such an accomplishment (laughs) so like I I have sold some prints through my website and then I did two different pop-up sort of art booths things like street fair Mm -hmm. style mostly like prints and then I made (laughs) I made my paintings as stickers which oh cool, were, which was so fun and and so cute and so I sold a lot of the stickers that was like the big thing <laughs> at, the, at the street yeah. fair, <laughs> like the stickers. And then I I have my stickers actually in my prize bin, kind of like incentive thing at school. And so I have oh, eleven. Cool. I know I have a, I have eleven prints <laughs> made of my paintings, and I have eleven stickers. And so I I joke with the kids. I'm like, you got to collect all eleven. You got to you. Gotta. <laughs> So they put they put them on their
0: water bottle or on their computer. You know, that's it's great. Cute.
1: But I'm like, oh, there's my sticker.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, I love that. And then they're like they're like little promoters for you.
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: I'm like, ooh, look
1: at that kid's water bottle. That's nice. <laughs>
0: yeah you you want a the real thing? You want an original? I, yeah, exactly. I know exactly. <laughs> So yeah, I've done, you
1: know, that much. And then I've entered some calls for art things, but I haven't, you know, gotten into any yet. So I, I think I'm trying to figure out where my art goes. Like, mm-hmm. who my I, I think I'm figuring out, like, who my audience is. And I'm also figuring out what kind of artist I am. And... <laughs> So my artwork is pretty it's like it's super colorful and vivid and mm-hmm. like impressionistic almost. Mm-hmm. And then I think the the way that I paint and the and the subject matter is in a complete polar opposite counterbalance to my teaching practice which is very structured mm-hmm. very like you know minute by minute my life is on a bell schedule mm-hmm. like you know, it's super like everything is planned out. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, execution, execution and reaction. And and then when I go paint, I'm like, I want to paint whatever, what, whatever I want to paint. I don't want anyone to tell me like,
0: what I want to do. I mean, <laughs> unless it it's is. a commission, yeah.
1: but <laughs> you know, I just want to <laughs> do whatever and go crazy with the mm. paintbrushes. And so I think that it's very balanced with how I have to function in my work life. So it's like the yin, the yin and yang almost.
0: Yeah. And that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense too, the way you talked about sort of compartmentalizing the different mm-hmm. you know aspects of your life that you're like, okay, this is teacher mode and this is very yes. structured and it's like very different from artist mode where, yeah. you know, well, you've got this like rainbow of colors and you've got so yeah. much texture in there and yeah, they, they s- your paintings together. do look just so fun. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yay. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yes. And then I'm also curious, is it, are you working with oils still? I know you had like taken those classes in Colorado mm. in oils. Yeah. Was that your first time with oil or was that Coming back to you
1: know, I I did some oils in college, but it was really Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like messing around. (laughs) So yeah, I use mostly acrylics. I think because they're just Mm -hmm. quicker and easier. I did yeah, uh, I have done two paintings in oils recently, and man, the the drying time is just a little bit brutal. So I love the t- working with the oil, the, the, the movement, the mm-hmm. ability to like manipulate the the media, but it's, I mean, it, it's at a price. It just takes forever. And yeah. So I think it depends. and And then it's also like, you know, my kids, I work in my garage of my house. And mm-hmm. so like, my kids are around, like they also have their crafts in the garage. And so it's, it's a little bit more yeah. risky having oils out, you know, like don't touch the painting mm-hmm. or like, you know, move your yeah. you know googly eyes and <laughs> watch out for the oils so I think it's just easier to do acrylics mm-hmm. right now so probably when I'm
0: yeah my totally. kids are older
1: I'll probably like do more oils
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense because there's also the like toxicity issue yes and... yeah and
1: yeah. that yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and, bre- and
0: breathing yeah <laughs> they could just keep wearing their masks they're used just to it just
1: Wear your mask I know my, my I picked my daughter up today from my sister's house and she she got in the car and there is a mask in her cup holder of her car seat and she just put it on. Okay. I was like why are you wearing your mask and she's like I don't know I mean she took it off <laughs> it's,
0: just like, it's, just
1: it's just what I like, do like, yeah I put on my
0: seatbelt I put
1: on my mask <laughs> yeah so, so funny I know
0: Yeah, we we went up to the mountains, and my daughter was wearing her mask up there. Like we're like, there are no people anywhere near us. (laughs) Like this is the freshest, you know. (laughs) If you want to, you can, but like you don't have to here. (laughs) Like the trees are like (laughs) cleaning your system right now. Like take the mask off. Yeah, like breathe this beautiful mountain air. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) yeah but I loved um, hearing about a little bit more about your process and also just like there is such a variety of subject matter but it's also all sort of like you can tell it's all the same artist it's your style Mm. and I like hearing too that you're like I just want to you know paint what I want to paint like I want to choose whatever you know is it is it sort of spur of the moment like what you know interest me right now I'm just going to go ahead and paint it or do you have like like I know I have a huge Mm. sort of like I have a folder Folder that's a total Mm -hmm. mess on my computer Mm -hmm. (laughs) full of images Mm -hmm. that is I think it's labeled inspiration yes and then I have some things that are like this is coming up next like these are things I really want to do
1: (laughs) yeah no me too I have the same thing and it's like Mm. it's like in priority order and then there's, like, I do have some commissions, which is awesome. I f- and I feel like mm-hmm. most of my my business, I guess, has been commissions. So I keep kind of chipping away at those. And they, you know, some have timelines and some don't. So I, I, I have my actual, like, people are paying me to make paintings list. And then I have my just right. for fun, <laughs> my whatever mm-hmm. is happening list. And it's just, like, those are based on ideas that I just am passionate about or want to get mm-hmm. down. And so the one that I'm super excited about right now, I'm doing a series of. I want to, I want to make like nine or ten different paintings, and I'm really um, inspired by the Dia de los Muertos, the the Katrina, the face, the beautiful face paint, and the costume, and the just the the tradition, and all of the the things that go into that. Holiday, or that you know, day of reverence, and I in and I, I think it the roots for me, you know, growing up in San Diego, going back to you know, my high school, my art teacher I did like AP art, you know, two different years, and she she would make Day of the Dead altars around her classroom, and we would we would have the you know, the marigolds, and we would make different things, and of course, we studied Frida Kahlo, and we made different little skull projects but I remember just loving learning about the culture in Mexico and the traditions and just always being fascinated by that and also being so close geographically but also like Mm -hmm. so kind of so far because you know Mm -hmm. it's you know I'm a I'm a gringa in California and (laughs) My family doesn't celebrate anything like that. So it was just, mm-hmm. I was always fascinated with that. And so I think that just having lots of full circle moments now at this point in life, and I've made a connection with a photographer, a local photographer, and he does a lot of Katrina photo shoots. And so we're kind of like collaborating a little bit. I just had this image of Katrina's in water and I'm I'm really exploring that idea. And I think just, you know, water as... And like you love the water. I love your polymer. clay yeah. water so is just like <laughs> is the best. There's mm. something about like capturing water that's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like trying to, I don't know what it is, but it's like this the, the image of the Katrina and the water. I can't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm. So I'm like, I gotta try this out. So I, I'm on my second painting right now. And there's something about like the glow. Like if you can picture like a pool at night with like mm. a colored light. And yeah, how it like you see the light, the water is like the different color, and it's like all different textures. Like having that come through somehow. I'm just like fascinated with this imagery, and so I'm no—I don't know exactly where it's going, but I do have lots of different visions of his photography, my paintings, real floral arrangements. Katrina's walking around like. <laughs> just you know a big celebration of art and life and death and Mm -hmm. everything in between so I just I don't know where it's going but I'm just kind of going with it so
0: yeah I think it's interesting too that it's there's like a root in there's it's rooted in like your history but then Mm -hmm. there is also that like cultural connection but it will be, it's, you know, a little bit like mm-hmm. twisted because it's, you know, it's like the San Diego version.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. It's... Totally. Yeah. yeah. So I would love yeah. to go to Mexico during Dia de los Muertos. Mm. Yeah. That's one, of, that's one of my goals to be able to experience that mm. firsthand.
0: It makes me think there needs to be some kind of grant out there or something that would support mm. that as like an artistic research trip yeah there should be something okay i'll put it on i'll I'll put it on my phone (laughs) put on my list (laughs) find find a grant for this trip yeah or find like a residency space or something in mexico that would support some research into this that would be amazing Mm yeah Yeah. beautiful and of course I love the the water and the water rainbow rainbow water the way the light reflects Mm. on the water yes
1: yes I love your
0: rainbows oh my god yeah amazing (laughs) yeah so much fun well we are getting close to maybe I should throw my like usual questions at you So the really broad one, what are you curious about? And I know you just talked about like all the curiosities Mm -hmm. around the current series. So maybe if there's anything else within art or within teaching that you're sort of diving into and curious about. It's
1: really right now. I really feel like it's the art and I, I'm just curious about where it's going to go and how it's going to evolve. And, you know, like most people, I look back and I say, okay, where was I 10 years ago? Where will I be in 10 years? And I'm very curious to see where my art will be in 10 years because 10 years ago, it it was nowhere to be found. And so now right. I'm in this space. So in 10 years, where will it be? And so I, I'm very curious to see where my art takes me and how much I can push within my compartmentalized mom teacher life that I, (laughs) without losing my sanity. So I think I'm just, I'm just curious to see, you know, what's next? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like art is very open-ended and it's exciting. And sometimes teaching feels the exact opposite of that. And so it's nice Mm to have this other outlet to turn to when you're feeling you know like you're a little bit maxed out or you're just Mm -hmm. in a space where you're like oh my gosh so I'm curious about yeah the art in my own personal life and where it's gonna go I think
0: yeah well I think it's it's really kind of beautiful to look at it that way as like 10 years ago it was Mm -hmm. not like non-existent and yeah Like what will happen 10 years from now, it makes it feel like, you know, the possibilities are endless. It could be a huge, it's been already this giant shift. So like, what's the next Mm -hmm. giant shift?
1: Yeah. And I love that feeling of possibility. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's great. And Mm -hmm. a great counterpart to teaching right now when it feels like potentially very frustrating and yeah you know just challenging lots of limitations yeah
1: Yeah, for sure
0: okay fun kind of silly question what is your favorite
1: food (laughs) oh my gosh I think my favorite food would be like super fresh guacamole a little bit of lime a little bit of salt and then like freshly made tortilla chips Mm. just like perfect yeah
0: yes so like that is very that, Southern California, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like
1: when you get that guacamole Ooh. and the, the avocados are just perfect, and you're like, yeah, someone knows yeah. how to make
0: this. Just so good. Yeah. So, so good. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like not always with super fresh guac, but the chips and maybe like salsa. Mm-hmm. That's always my sort of late mm-hmm. night. <laughs> it's like, I know. Probably shouldn't so be good. eating this at 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> i know but that's what it is that's what it is yep you do what you do
1: do what you gotta do yep
0: Yep. the studio time and chips making sure those chips don't like fall in your your
1: artwork your artwork i know
0: it's like yeah
1: you know you're you're up working everyone else is sleeping so you get to eat your Mm -hmm. chips
0: yep Without having little hands taking them out of your bowl. Yes, yes. <laughs> no. Oh my god! No. Always sharing. Is there is there anything you really wanted to kind of get to that we missed? Is there anything like that you would want to touch on? I think the
1: only thing I was thinking about when I was you know thinking about having this conversation with you is. The, the special education pairing with the art. I think it's also really, really important to know that a lot of students with certain disabilities are gifted in many other ways that are not mm. commonly honored by our society. And okay. so... If you do see, you know, as a teacher, as a adult, as someone working with, you know, kids of any age, if you see some spark in anything, I would say acknowledge it, talk about it, ask questions about it, foster it, and that can make such a difference. So I think, yeah. you know, for me art is a category. It's easily defined. And so my mom was able to say like, oh, Emily likes art. Let's put her in the art school. You know, thank you, mom. But some other kids, it may not be like such a defined category. And so I think because of my time spent in the special education field, I've been able to kind of notice, wow, like this kid is really into... And gifted in this really random thing that isn't, you know, a big, broad category like art. But let's talk about it and, you know, foster that love for this thing. And I think just knowing knowing that that is so common with the students with special needs. Because they have so many messages like, we need to work on this. We need to remediate that. You know, mm. this isn't up to the score and, you know, we need Infinity. to work on this fluency or whatever. Finding right. the things that they are good at and just, like, hammering that down and bringing that home can make such a difference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Even just the language around, like who was it? It might've even just been like looking at my daughter's report card and it's like mm-hmm. meeting standards versus not meeting. Yeah. And e- like even that language, it's there's so much negativity there. Oh yeah. I know. I'm not sure how you would read, like what would, what words would you use? What words would be mm-hmm. better? But it's just like, mm-hmm. it seems to focus on those like deficiencies. It does. And it really
1: does. Yeah. 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 For sure.
0: (laughs) So times where we can focus on all of the positives. Yeah, I totally agree that that's really important.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Any, any gifts that you see. Yeah. The undefinables. The (laughs) non-categoricals. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I love that. Well, is there anyone that you'd want to thank or give kind of like a shout out to? Well, definitely my mom.
1: For putting me in the art school when I was in fourth grade. Thank Mm -hmm. you. My husband for supporting and helping me carve out some time and helping me arrange the garage so I can (laughs) do my artwork, make a little studio. Make a little (laughs) studio. And I could not have done those pop up shows without him because. There was like Mm -hmm. a tent involved and tables and lots of like multiple cars. So that was Mm -hmm. huge. So I think, you know, obviously my mom, my husband, my high school art teacher, her name is Patricia McCauley. She's on Instagram. Mm
0: -hmm. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. She was my art teacher for like five years, like eighth grade to 12th grade. Mm -hmm. And that was my safe place was the art room. Sometimes I would eat lunch Mm -hmm. in there. I would always look forward to going there. I feel like that's what really got me to school because that's that's
0: mm-hmm. where I
1: shine and that was my strength and my my safe place. So, my high school art teacher for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so all you um, art teachers out there, yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks for opening your doors at
1: lunch for all the art kids. Yes.
0: <laughs> Keeping that safe space open. I know. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. Last thing. Where can people find you and connect with you online?
1: Okay. So I'm on Instagram, and my Instagram is my handle is at Practices in Art. So it's like practicing. I love that. Practices in Art. Um. Always practicing. And then I do have a website now, but you can link it. You can click on it in through my Instagram, but it's. (laughs) www.practicesandart.com.
0: <laughs> awesome. And, and Facebook too, but not much. And I will link to those as well. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. I appreciate yes. that. Yay. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Emily. This was wonderful. Thank you, Rebecca.
1: This was so awesome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I love Absolutely. your podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, keep doing the good work you're doing. It's just, it's great. I listen to you. Try, all the time. try. <laughs> I know. You're doing amazing. You're doing amazing. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can reach me at Teaching Artist Podcast on Instagram or Teaching Artist Podcast at gmail.com. Who do you want to hear from? Please share your recommendations of teaching artists. And if you loved this episode, please subscribe, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow me. It really makes a big difference. Thank you.